The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. I love the poetry of that passage. Thank you, Eugene Peterson, for writing something that captures our hearts and captures the spirit of this time in so many ways. The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Anybody have any experience with moving? Who's moved in the last year? Raise your hand. Keep your hands up. Who's moved in the last five years? Yeah, okay. Who's moved in the last ten? Yep. Start to cover quite a few people at that point. Now, who's helped somebody else move? Yeah, yeah, God bless you. <laughs> My wife and I have moved seven times in our marriage of 27 years, three times in the last 10 years. That's a lot of moving. About seven years ago, we actually, no, it was, yeah, it is 10 years. Seven or eight years ago, we moved down to Sioux City, Iowa. We left what we had up here, and we moved our way down there and packed up everything to make the journey, and we got down there, and we didn't move in to a permanent home. Instead, we moved into a rental so that we could get a feeling of the community and of the neighborhood. We were there for about a year. Five of us crammed into a house much smaller than we had been in before. We were cozy. Then after a year, we found the home that we wanted to, to finally make a homestead, and we packed it all up again and moved again, this time leaning on many members of the congregation who had known me for a year by that point, so they still liked me. <laughs> they helped load up everything into that trailer and bring it on over to the new place, and there we stayed until about a year ago, around this time, when a church up here and White Bear Lake started calling and started asking some questions, and we started talking together. And we made that move from Sioux City up here in June of 2019. Three moves in seven years. I think I'm a professional mover now, and I think in my experience of moving, I can say this unequivocally. Moving is hard Moving is hard, right? Nobody really likes to move. I mean, you may want to move to a new place, but at the end of the day, the move itself is hard. It's hard in a lot of ways. First of all, moving is hard on stuff, right? I mean, let's just be honest. We all got some stuff. Some have more stuff than others. Some teams seem to accumulate more and more stuff as the years go by and can't quite give away enough of the stuff to keep up with the new stuff that's coming in. But we all got stuff, and so we got to move that stuff. And the problem with moving stuff is that stuff gets broken, stuff gets lost, and stuff sometimes doesn't get to the new place exactly the way that you had hoped, or it just doesn't work in the new place exactly the way that you had hoped. For us, that became real with our hot tub. We had a hot tub down in Sioux City. We owned a hot tub, or I should say we were given a hot tub as a gift. A friend of ours in the neighborhood had a hot tub he wasn't using anymore. He said, hey, man, I don't need it anymore. If you want it, it's yours. All you got to do is pay to move it and hook it up. I said, deal. Brought it over, hooked it up, had it underneath our deck. First year, last year in the fall, enjoying that hot tub. The colder it gets, the more you enjoy a hot tub, right? They're fantastic. Great to be out there when it's sub-zero weather and you're enjoying it. And, and then the call starts coming from, from Minnesota, 
And it becomes more and more real that, that we're going to be leaving Iowa and making our way up to Minnesota. And I remember that time when my wife and I were sitting in the hot tub looking at each other saying, this hot tub goes with us. <laughs> we are not leaving this hot tub behind. So we hooked up with the moving company and told them we had a hot tub. Somehow the message didn't quite get through. So when the movers showed up and came around the back of the house and said, you have a what? They struggled and worked and suffered to get that hot tub up into the moving truck. Moving truck made it up to Minnesota, and the same batch of movers struggled and worked hard and suffered to move that hot tub into our backyard, set it down on the pad there where we looked at each other and said, awesome, it's here. Let's find out how much it's going to cost to hook it up. The bid came in at $6,000 because apparently our hot tub is on the exact opposite side of all the power in the house. There wasn't enough power in the power box to make it work anyway, and we would have to tunnel and trench the cabling for it all through the backyard to get to where we were. Needless to say, we don't have a hot tub no more. We gave that hot tub away to some dear friends up here who had a place that they could hook it up and use it. Oh, it was disappointing. But that's moving, right? Your stuff is not going to always work the way that you had hoped. Broken things, lost things, things that don't work in the new place. It's hard on your stuff, but moves are also hard on relationships. They're hard on relationships. You know, we were down there for seven years in a congregation that we loved and felt loved by. Made a lot of friendships. Did a lot of life together in those seven years. We were alongside a lot of folks as they said goodbye to their loved ones. We were there on Sunday mornings with new children being brought into the kingdom through baptism. United new families together in marriage. That's a lot of relationships, a lot of connections, a lot of people that were really hard to say goodbye to. It's hard to leave relationships behind. There was one relationship in particular that was extra hard for me to leave behind, and that was with this guy. My friend, Matt Nelson. Matt Nelson lived in the neighborhood that we moved into. He also was a member of the church that we attended and were a part of leading. He was in the band as a bass player. We had a love for music. We had a love for all things Minnesota because he had been born and raised in Minnesota. And by the way, that friend who had a hot tub that he didn't need anymore, that was Matt. Now, that's not the only reason I had Matt for a friend. But Matt was a great guy. And I hadn't had a friend who lived in the neighborhood with me since I was in the fourth grade. But now Matt was in the neighborhood, a neighbor just right around the corner. And any time there was a sporting event on or any time we just wanted to hang out together, it was as easy as picking up the phone and saying, hey, Matt, you busy? Nah, come on over. We walked down the street and beat each other's place. It started to become a ritual on every Sunday night that we would get together at one of our homes in the evening and just spend some time together, enjoy a beverage, watch whatever happened to be on that night. It was something that we got into the habit of doing again and again and again. And Matt was one of the first people that I had to tell that we weren't going to be staying. It was hard. It was heart-wrenching. And on the day when the loading of the moving van took place and we were heading out of town, Matt was there to say goodbye. 
And as I hopped in the truck and made my way down the road for the next half an hour, I had a hard time seeing the road. Moving is hard on relationships. It's hard on things. But it's also hard in the place that you're going, right? Because sometimes it's hard to find a good neighborhood and good neighbors. I mean, you want to move into the best place, right? I mean, you're hopeful that wherever you're going to move to is going to have good schools and it's going to have good utilities and, and maybe it's going to have uh, you know, a, a good low crime rate and, and, and lots of access to, to shopping or, or to the highways. That's what you're hoping for. You're looking for the best neighborhood. And it's not always easy. You're not only looking for a home that you want to fit your family and and meet the bill, but you want the place where that home is to be a place that's welcoming and that works for you and your family. And on back to the story about relationships, I got to do that up here without my wife. I don't recommend that to anybody, by the way. But we found a place, found a neighborhood that we felt like we could call home. But now you got to meet the neighbors, right? And everybody hopes that not only the neighborhood and the home are going to work, but that the neighbors are going to be good neighbors too, right? I mean, everybody wants neighbors who are going to be friendly, who are going to be welcoming, who are going to be glad to see you, who invite you into their place and ask you to take a chair and and have something to eat or drink. People who are just wonderful to be around. We all want a neighbor like, well, like this guy. (laughs) Everybody remember Mr. Rogers? If you're too young to remember Mr. Rogers, talk to your folks about it. Mr. Rogers was great, and he had a show on called Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And everybody wanted to live in Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood because Mr. Rogers was such a great guy. And he had a song that he sang about being a neighbor, right? Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Yeah, we all want a neighbor like that but it's just not realistic, is it? Because we met the new neighbors, and many of them were kind, wonderful, warm people, and others we just didn't quite see eye to eye with right away, and so you just try to kind of live your life as best you can until a trouble comes up, right? Until, for example, the cable connection to your house gets hacked in half because somebody didn't know where it was down the road. And when they replaced it with a new line, you thought, okay, no big deal, until it got cut a second time. Having neighbors is hard. (laughs) Finding a good neighborhood and good neighbors is hard. It's hard enough to find them. It's hard enough to be them yourselves. Moving is hard. I think we can all agree. But you know what? Nothing can compare to the move that God made towards us. There is no other move in the history of the world that can compare with the move that God made towards us. God made the move. The all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God of the universe who spoke everything into being with a word chooses to send his only begotten son, Jesus, into his creation as a helpless baby. In doing so, Jesus leaves behind his exalted status, everything that was comfortable, everything that was honored in the kingdom to come and be one of us and to walk with us and to cry with us 
and one day to suffer and die for us. And he didn't move into the greatest neighborhood, friends. He moved into a neighborhood with people like me, people like you, people who have a past, people who have struggles, people who have darkness and broken things in their lives. That's the kind of neighborhood that God chooses to move into. He moves into our pain. He moves into our arguments. He moves into our divisions. He moves into all those places that are on full display for us today. And he chooses to come and move into our neighborhood. Why do that? Why move into a bad neighborhood filled with angry people? First, so that he could bring his healing and forgiveness to you and to me and to everyone. You see, we need healing and we need forgiveness. Every one of us, it doesn't matter how nice the neighborhood is you live or how well you think you're living your life, we can't make the gap and move towards God. That's called religion, and every religion in the world tries it, and everybody fails at it because we are not good enough in and of ourselves to ever cover the gap. And if you're wondering, look around and see if you're perfect. <laughs> I know I'm not. We are broken people, and the harder we try, the more foolish we look trying to be good enough for God, trying to move close to him. That's why he chooses to move close to us, to offer us the healing and forgiveness, to bridge the gap and make a move that we could never make ourselves, to restore relationship between us and him and between us and each other. Why would he do that? to show us his extravagant love for each of us in a broken world. You see, God is not offended by the difficulties in your life. He is fully and completely aware of your stuff. You know, we talked about stuff that goes with the move. Everybody's got stuff, and I'm not just talking about the material goods that you have in your house. Everybody's got their stuff, right? Everybody's got a broken relationship in their past. Everybody's got somebody who they insulted or hurt in some way that they wish they could take it back, but there's no taking it back. Everybody has pain. Everybody has families, good, bad, or indifferent, that may have inflicted pain willingly or unwillingly or unknowingly upon you. Maybe you've turned around and inflicted that same pain on somebody else. We got our stuff, and our stuff is broken. And God moves into the neighborhood to show us his extravagant love for broken people like you and me. He gets up close and personal, and he lights the way home. He comes in to shine his light into our darkness into your darkness and my darkness. He gets up close and personal, shining that big 
1,000-watt flashlight right into our souls, right into every corner of our home, into the dusty, dirty, dingy places, into the doors we've kept locked, into the places that we don't let anybody else see, not those who are closest to us. Because to see it ourselves or to acknowledge it is just too painful or too shameful. Jesus shines his light right there. And it says that the darkness can't overcome it. Aren't you glad that there's a light that shines so bright and so warm with the love of God that he sees right into the most broken, darkest places in our lives and says, that's exactly why I came. It's exactly why I moved into the neighborhood. It's to be the best neighbor you could ever imagine. It's to move not only next door, but to move right in, into your home, into your space, in with you, to heal up the broken places, to clean out those spots that feel so shameful and he does it out of his deep, deep abiding love for us. This is the God who moves into the neighborhood and lights the way home. You see, he lights up our homes with his love that pierces the darkness. But not only that, he shows us the way through his word. He says his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Jesus becomes that light that is life for us. And by seeing him and following him, he leads us into a home with him and a home that is eternal and safe. A home that has been prepared since the beginning of creation for you and for me. He makes that move towards us. Thank you, Jesus, that you made the first move. Because the next move is up to you. God always makes the first move, but the next move is up to you. It's up to you whether the one who carries the light of the world and life for every one of us and stands at our door, it's up to you if you're going to move to the door and open it up. That's up to you. And while we are here together in this place, on Christmas Eve talking about the gift of God given to each and every one of us. I want to pray that if you find yourself in a place tonight where you go, there's hidden stuff that I don't want Jesus to see, but I am willing, Lord, because you have moved in close and I trust you to let him enter into those dark places, to let him bring healing and forgiveness and love and light and show you the way home. That's my hope for you. And that's how we're going to pray together right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are the creator of the universe. Nothing that has been made was made apart from you. And you spoke creation into existence with a word. And that word became flesh and blood, and moved into our neighborhood as you sent your son Jesus to be with us. Jesus, you came as a helpless baby into a dark, dark world on a dark night to a people who were feeling oppressed and depressed and broken 
and hopeless. And that is still the place where you are born. Into people like me, into people who aren't worthy of your presence. But out of your extravagant love, you choose to move in close to us, to open up your arms and invite us to open up our hearts to receive you. And Lord, I pray for each person who's here tonight, for the person who needs to to let go of guarding that darkness in their home or in their life. Lord, I pray that you would give faith to them so that they could trust you and let you in to do the healing work that only you can do, to bring the forgiveness that only you can bring that brings us into new life, that sets ablaze a new light in our lives, which is you, Jesus, so that that light can shine into other people's darkness and bring healing and forgiveness and love and purpose to a hurting world. Let that begin in us tonight and let it begin in each person here who calls out to you in prayer tonight and asks you to come light the way home for them. We pray all this tonight, Jesus, in your mighty name. Amen.